Welcome to Uncharted Journeys. I'm your host, Kathy McKnight. And if you're like me and you've ever sat back and wondered, how did I get here, whether literally or figuratively, in terms of your professional life or life in general, then you are in good company and have come to the right place. On Uncharted Journeys, you'll hear from amazing women about their straight and narrow, zigzaggy, and maybe bendy, or somewhere in between, paths to success. Today's guest was raised in New Orleans and later moved to Seattle via Vermont, where she completed her BA in English and Women's Studies and developed an interest in environmental studies. She founded the Eight Limbs Yoga Center in 1996 and provided an inclusive and welcoming home for yoga practitioners in Seattle for 23 years. And in her spare time during that time, she also wrote three books. Today's guest also today works at the Arboretum Foundation, a nonprofit membership organization that has provided stewardship for the Washington Park Arboretum since 1935 through fundraising, advocacy, membership, and volunteer programs. Always in for an adventure, she and her husband and her firstborn, I think, that's one of her daughters, um, second one, okay, um, she's a mom to two, took a one-year sabbatical uh, sailing on the Pacific Ocean um, that ended in August 2021. I cannot hear about some of the adventures you had on that. That is like a dream for me. Um, she's also always had a passion and love for learning and to grow and support her ability to be a mentor and coach. She is currently studying uh, internal family systems and Hokami or Hakami therapy, which is uh, based in the belief that therapy starts with discovering yourself, discovering your real attitudes towards most important pieces in your life, which just sounds so zen. Um, and I can't wait to hear more about that. So welcome, Anne Fife Palmer. Thank you, Kathy. It's great to be here. So, I mean, that is the highlights. You certainly have had a diverse and very full life. Um, tell our audience a little bit more about your, you know, what you do and, and maybe what's keeping you busy today. Sure. You know, I think my main career piece is really that time with eight limbs. I do see myself as an entrepreneur and I was blessed with uh, an idea that popped into me. Like I, I feel like I received an idea um, and it was the right idea at the right time to open a yoga studio in Seattle uh, back before yoga was really a household word. And I just was able to grow and change and evolve, uh, expand the studio over that period of time, meeting some of the most amazing people and continually, continually learning. And I've found myself, you know, 23 years into it at a place where I felt complete. Like I'd really, um, I'd, I'd done this thing and it was, I was ready for the next one. And uh, to take that pause, I was able to sell the business uh, and support the new owner when they went through um, uh, the, the experience of being a new business owner during COVID. And then was able to take uh, a, a, a sailing journey with my family for a year, as you said, uh, and coming back, um, finding what's next was really interesting and humbling uh, after running a business and being kind of in charge, uh, wanting to be a team player, someone working with a group and not be the boss that's been um, really interesting, challenging, and just the right place for me right now. Yeah, I definitely want to dig into that after running your own show, so to speak, for 23 years to flip the tables, especially at a time in our life where we're 
looking sometimes to simplify and, um, you know, wanting to do things maybe our way more because been there, done that, right? So definitely want to dig into that. But first, as my listeners know, I we always start all conversations off with the four core questions. So if you're ready to do that, let's dig in. Sounds great. So what was the first career you remember wanting to do when you grew up? Writing. It was always uh, the top. Um, you know, I, <laughs> what's funny is there was a desire as a young girl to be to be famous. I was a big reader of People magazine. And uh, I don't know, I think I always wanted to make some sort of an impact in the world. Um, but writing drew to me out because reading was my most favorite activity. Uh, magazines, books of all types. Uh, so yeah, I'd say writer. Excellent. Well, you've achieved that for sure. Who is the first big influencer you remember on your life? Uh, interestingly, in, in addition to writing, the, the the thing that has really drawn me is also physical movement. Uh, and I, at a really young age, well, to me, at 16, was exposed to a really creative style of aerobics and had several mentors. Susan Reagan and Elizabeth Rojas uh, taught me how to teach and to be really creative, um, not formulaic in movement and create a community of people that got a lot of joy out of moving together. So those would be my, my first real mentors. And then throughout my life, you know, Sherry Friedrichsen has been my, my go-to yoga teacher and mentor and, and friend. It's great to have those long lasting influences and connections in our lives. Um, especially when they've inspired you so much. Is there a song that epitomizes your career or your career path? That is such an interesting question. And I think I'd, if it's okay, I'd like to answer actually with books. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, so two, two books that have really um, kind of epitomized my career path. One was Growing a Business by Paul Hawken. I was ex I was exposed to it just before I opened my business, and it really gave me the confidence that my idea had legs. And later, I was um, was given the book Poser: My Life in Twenty Three Yoga Poses. It's a memoir by Claire Dieterer, and that book really kicked off my dedication to writing. Um, to kind of say, okay, I've, I've done this business and it's, it's going, and now I'm going to dive into creative writing. And I worked on memoir and studying memoir with Claire, actually, for about five years. And that is what um, led to me publishing my three legacy journals. Very cool. To be inspired by, uh, I, I've got it. So is the, the poser, my life in 23 yoga poses, is it an alignment of the poses with life happenings? I'm curious now. <laughs> I'm going off script. I'm really curious. You know what? It is a book that the the structure ended up being these 23 yoga poses, but it was a story of uh, um, a woman, a mother who was learning to balance her life, literally, um, and how the yoga supported her. And it was the story of an ordinary person uh, so beautifully rendered. And that's what said to me, oh yeah, I'm an ordinary person. I'm no famous, you know, I don't need a biographer, <laughs> but I um, would like to tell a story. And then, my, then what that 
turned into was how can I help other people tell the story of their lives? So my first book, This Life of Mine, is it's a it's a a workbook for people to record their lives to just reflect or to pass on to their kids or um, beloveds. Excellent. Well, I will definitely be putting the links to your three books um, in the show notes. What are three words you'd use to describe you, your, you know, or your career? I think surfing a wave. That would be my answer. Three words. I like Mm -hmm. that. There's so much uh, freedom in that, yet still disciplined and whatnot. It's a great, great analogy. So, I mean, we talked a little bit about your journey and, and whatnot. You've had, it's been so interesting and you've done such an amazing job of tying in the passions of your life, learning, adventure, wellness, environment, reading, writing into what you do. Has that journey been pretty purposeful? Has there been some happenstance that's contributed to that path? I do think I have always needed to have a purposeful um, alignment. I discovered much you know, later in life at age 48 that I have ADHD. And when I learned more about um, how, that, how that has impacted me over my life, uh, it really makes sense that I could only um, go with something that I really loved and I felt really um, aligned with. So, you know, when I came through um, as a young person, I loved, as I said, reading and movement and just by chance and an idea kind of popping into my head, I think of it as, is uh, this idea to open a yoga studio came to my, came to me on a, like a long road trip Mm -hmm. (laughs) from, um, from Wyoming. And um, so that I never would have thought of that in my thinking mind, but be in a spacious place that dropped in and that really ended up being the right thing for me for so many years. And, you know, I, I see ambition as a, was a big thread for me, a big um, mover, motivator to not only start a business, but expand it and always be evolving the business so that it served uh, the community and our staff better and better. And then I had a a loss, a pregnancy loss uh, in between my two kids. And that really shifted my my ambition and uh, moved me to a place of kind of pulling things in instead of always being um, expansive. And that allowed me to become more able to balance my work life with my family life and my creative side. To be able to draw on strength and be inspired and gain positive out of such a a sad and and, and terrible situation is, that takes a lot of strength and it shows a lot of strength of character and and perseverance and, and whatnot. I'm curious, was there a defining moment decision action, something that really significantly impacted the trajectory of your, of, of where you are today? I would actually say one would be that loss because it was such a pivot from um, kind of actually un, untethered expansion. I actually had a, uh, a studio that was open that I think of as being quite on hubris. You know, I had an idea, oh, this studio, will, this location will be so great. And it wasn't very well researched and it was a very difficult studio to launch and to 
to run, even though it was very, I think, satisfying to a lot of people who went to it. It was a really tough um, location. Um, but the other um, defining moment, I really I still remember the call I got from another yoga studio owner. It was the end of 2015. And this uh, studio owner was inviting me into um, social and racial justice awareness uh, in a very, um, in a way that just I heard it and I kind of opened that door of awareness as a, as a Southern white woman, uh, learning about what, uh, what the privilege I privileges I've experienced my entire life and did a really deep personal journey with that and brought the studio and our community along with that for the rest of the time I was running eight limbs. So that was, that was pretty pivotal and, was one of the most humbling and enriching experiences of my life and continues to be. I'm curious from a, you know, you think about yoga studio and I think about some of the studios that I've been a part of. And as we talked about before we went onto the recording, how I need to get back into my yoga practice. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they've always very much tied in other parts of community, but I'd love to hear more how, this evolution of eight limbs. I mean, 23 years to run a, uh, um, a successful business one is amazing and, and a feat in itself. But again, to do it in, in one, a discipline that is, I mean, it's become less niche, but new when you started it. I mean, 23 years was, you know, it wasn't the common thing that it is now, but also then to evolve to make it more than just the studio, right? To bring in these beliefs of social and racial justice and community um, support and those kind of things. You know, what were some of the challenges and and things that you faced in doing that? Because I can't imagine everybody just, oh yeah, I'm along for the ride. That absolutely makes sense. Well, I think part of how I kind of laid the foundation for that work was I was always an owner who who did communicate a lot with the folks in our community. So I I wrote a newsletter every month. I brought in a lot of my personal reflections. So I I did my best to be to be vulnerable, to be real, to be honest about the struggles I have, and uh, you know what what's um, what sings to me about yoga philosophy, we're very committed to teaching the full spectrum of yoga, not, or as full as we could, not just the poses. Uh, And so when, you know, when I shifted to talking more about social and racial justice, there was a foundation of trust and curiosity that we had cultivated. And I'm sure there were people who didn't want to hear, who stopped listening, who stopped coming. Um, at that time, it was so important to me that that was, that I didn't care about that. Like that was okay to me. Um, staff wise, there was a great deal of enthusiasm and commitment. And I learned so much from my staff during that time period. There were some, some specific people on the staff. I'll just call out Lauren Kite, especially who, um, was very patient with me and, 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 was a teacher to me in this, in this work. And yeah, I mean, I think there were a couple of, of staff that were resistant and, um, but we really did our best to, 
to to be um, to support folks and, and educate and give resources and hold trainings. And we also held trainings for other yoga with other yoga studios for the teachers in our community. So we're trying to go beyond our studio as well and impact the larger yoga uh, community. That's fantastic. So I want to come back to um, what, I, what we had talked about a little bit earlier about, so your day-to-day now, how is that different? So I'd love to hear about, you know, how now you're part of a team, you're not leading a company, the mindset, the, the needs, the responsibilities, all of that has changed. So would love to hear about how your day-to-day is going and, and what's different today, because I'm sure there's still compromises and whatnot. And also what you found by maybe, you know, now that you're on the other side of the fence, so to speak, um, how that's different and some of the lessons you've learned there. Sure. So when I was traveling, uh, one of the, I, I actually read, uh, what color is your parachute, which I, that I remember my parents. Oh my gosh. I hadn't I heard that book kid. for a long time. Yes. Yeah, so I'm totally going back to high school. My dad giving me that book. Oh yeah. I can just see the illustration of the cover of it and it's actually evolved and there, there is a new version every year now. And so ah, I got okay. the 2022 version, I think when we were traveling and, uh, went through the process and it helped me to get clear about what was important to me. And, and two of the main things that came up over and over in the different ways you go through this inquiry were that I wanted to be able to have access to nature. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to be eight hours a day somewhere where I couldn't see green um, or, or at least to have a really good commute <laughs> to be able to get somewhere. And I now commute on my bike or on foot through the Washington Park Arboretum, which is a 240-acre um, slice of Seattle, to my work in the Arboretum. And I can walk out of our visitor center and take a stroll through a virtual, like a plant museum, a botanic gardens at any point. So that, you know, that I'm just kind of framing that with what I was looking for um, in work. And because I had such a non-traditional career, I mean, I, I got an, an English, you know, a major in English, minor in women's studies. I didn't go back to get a master's or, or any um, further training. I just studied yoga and yoga and yoga and myself for so long. And so I wanted, I, I was really just looking for somewhere to start. Like what, what's going to be that first job that I um, can access? And this was it. And it's turned out to be really satisfying because I get to use a lot of my writing skills I love plants and I, I, I had never studied them, but they just always have been a big part of my life. Plants outside, plants inside. I am not really good <laughs> but, uh, on the outside. I, I love to garden. I love to enjoy um, plants and connecting with people uh, is a big part of what I get to do. Both the coworkers that I get to work with on the advancement team and beyond and um, with uh, donors and members and there's a lot of really exciting things happening at the Arboretum. We've, it's been around for, as you said, like almost 90 years, um, but some really big uh, change and growth is on the horizon. So that has kept the entrepreneur in me excited to, um, to be a part of this time at the Arboretum. So you're finding those 
those threads that you had through running a business and whatnot aligning now with doing some other things and looking at other passions. And I cannot tell you how jealous I am um, of your commute. That just sounds <laughs> to me like the best thing ever to be able, I mean, there is nothing more humbling or centering or from, from my perspective, everybody has a different point of view that makes you realize no matter what your problems are, how small they are than to walk through a forest. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. There's some huge trees in the Arboretum. So there is, there's something for every season, every, every, you know, person and it's very humbling and wonderful. That's lovely. So what's next for you? Ah, that's a good question. Well, you know, right now I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm hitting a sweet spot where I'm able to do my job and enjoy it and also continue to teach yoga. So I, I teach a, a live stream class every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific time. And I, I'm also able to create series and continue to teach at Eight Limbs. So I just finished a series that involved the poses, the asanas, meditation, and reflective prompts, similar to what my book offers. Mm -hmm. So that was wonderful. And then I, to me, <laughs> and then I, I'm planning another one for the future. And I, I don't, it's, it's funny. I don't have any, um, you know, big ambitions. I just want to stay interested and curious. And, and I, as you mentioned, I'm studying internal family systems and Hakomi, which are two, two very complementary uh, systems of self in or of inquiry that can be used in therapy and coaching in just communication. And I, I really want to continue to connect with people and um, be in relationship and support uh, for the rest of my life. So I see that as being kind of the, my end of life career uh, and just studying up and learning more on the way there. Well, it sounds like a just lovely path, but it segues lovely into if you weren't in the mindful environmental space, if there was an alter ego where, um, you know, there's no restrictions as far as, you know, the world, money, location, anything like that. I would say with the knowledge I have now, I know it would have to be something that allowed me to either dive deep, deep, deep into a topic that I am enthralled by or to have multiple roles to keep my attention. You know, I do think being an entrepreneur was a perfect role for me. Uh, it was, it gave me an ability to, um, Remember I said that I wanted to be famous as a kid and um, I got to, as my niece says, I got to be low-key famous. I got to be um, in my chosen city, Seattle, someone who got to impact a lot of lives. Um, so to me, that was really rewarding and satisfying. Um, and to be able to be both physical and cerebral and intellectual in my work was really satisfying. So I don't know that if I, ha I have a different um, career, but I do, I do. And if I had another chance, I might've gone back to school and uh, studied for a master's or a PhD. Um, 
Yeah. Excellent. That's what I love, I'm totally going to use that. I'm low key famous. <laughs> <laughs> you have to see my niece Lulu, the way she says it. Cause my sister's low key famous in New Orleans. Okay. So we have this thing. <laughs> I love it. Well, I, th- anyway. I think, um, I don't know if you, you probably don't have business cards now, but you do have a website. So I, I am challenging you to put low key. So where you've got, so to my audience, you need to check. I will have the link to to Anne Fives' uh, website on the sh- in the show notes. But you need to go to it one to be able to access her books and whatnot, which I will also put in the show notes. But I think where it says because she's had a ton of media coverage, so there's a new uh, second level header that goes before that. That is your low key <laughs> famous links. I challenge you to add that to you your to your website and you know give street cred to your to your niece because I love that. I think I'm totally going to start working that into my life. Um, So for our listeners, there's already been so much great advice here, but for our listeners, maybe, you know, particularly the women in our audience, what would be your best piece of advice when it comes to, you know, whether it's life, career, success, whatever you'd like to share? I would say work hard and go for it, meaning go for what you want out of life, but don't push yourself. Don't push your body too hard. Take the time to really inquire into what feeds and nourishes you and prioritize that. This is so cliche, but it's really essential. I'm reading a book right now about Ayurveda and women, and it's just reminding me how easy it has been over my life to overdo it and overextend myself and then crash and hit a wall. Um, Yeah. So I don't know if anyone else can relate to that, but uh, I think finding nourishment and making sure to have that has been really important to me. Very, very sage advice. And I think it is something that we all do, but women in particular, uh, regardless of what it is that we do, um, especially those of us who are achievers and and focused and want to do things well and to the best of our abilities, often we are the last ones that get fed and watered. Um, it's the rest of our right. lives, sure. other people in our lives who, who get that tending to. And, you know, with age comes wisdom sometimes. <laughs> and Indeed. learning that lesson early, uh, I love the way you put it, you know, take the time to know and embrace what feeds and nourishes you so that you can do all the things for all the people right. and all the parts of your life. But if you are not fed and watered and rested, then you know, you're, you're not serving your, your best possible self. So really, really, really great advice. So tell us where can our audience find you? Uh, what, when do you teach? What's coming up next for you? So I teach at 7 a.m. Pacific time on live streams. So depending on your schedule, you can tune in from anywhere. Um, and that's through Eight Limbs Yoga Centers in Seattle, Washington, eightlimbsyoga.com. And I I have a series on the koshas, the sheaths, uh, the dimensions of our being that um, that can enhance and uh, and kind of cover our true self. And that will be starting in February. And info on that will be at Eight Limbs. You can also just go to my website, annefifepalmer.com. Fantastic. And five. Oh, oh. on social oh. media, Instagram, Instagram and Facebook too. I have Oh accounts. yes. And you have to, uh, audience, I will be including the uh, Instagram link to the uh, sailing imagery because beautiful, just 
absolutely amazing as a former sailor. Um, it just, it just was absolutely inspirational and, uh, love that you did that with, with people that are close to you and, and loved you and that you got to share that experience. So, and Fife, thank you so much for today's conversation. So inspirational. And, um, anybody who is out in that neck of the woods, you've got to check out the Washington Arboretum. Again, the pictures I'm sure that do not do it justice. It's absolutely lovely. Um, and to my audience, thank you for listening to Uncharted Journeys with me, your host, Kathy McKnight. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Anne Fife and hearing about how finding balance both physically and mentally is really important to overall happiness and being the best that we can be. If you're keen to hear more amazing stories from amazing women, you can head over to unchartedjourneys.net and listen to some of the other episodes. You can also sign up for our email list and check out the links and the resources in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. See you next time. And until then, enjoy the journey. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue. Blessed day, the dog say goodnight, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world.